What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, content of any kind, really, on the baseball side. It does get shared out at EthosFantasyBB, so make sure you guys are checking us out over there. If you're not somebody who uses social media, then please do go check out sportsethos.com. That's where you get everything right from the source. Tons of great content being shared out there every single day. We're right in the height of basketball season right now, and that is our bread and butter. So please make sure you guys uh, do check out the tools on the website. If you are somebody who plays fantasy basketball, you're not going to find better content. You're really not. We are trying to get there on all sports. We're trying to have that content level be the same across baseball, basketball, football, hockey, everything. But basketball, we've been doing for a lot longer than anything else, and that is where we have progressed the most. So make sure you are checking out the tools at sportsethos.com. Today we are going to conclude shortstops, and as I have mentioned a few different times, we are not done talking about these players for the whole offseason. We are going to talk about them again. Probably once the calendar flips to 2024, we'll start looking ahead, and we will talk about the 2024 season more in depth. We're going to look at teams. We're going to look at individual players, of course, and we're going to look at categories. We are going to talk about players that are good in the run category, players that are good in the home run category, saves, whip, everything. Uh, So we will touch on all of these players, pretty much all of these players, again, at some point. If you guys have missed these shows, if you're you know just catching up now, you're saying, oh, shit, he's doing reviews. I'm not really ready to start talking or start listening to baseball content yet. It's okay. You guys are going to have these shows, obviously, in the feed if you want to go back and listen to them. But also, we are not anywhere close to being done talking about these players uh, in this offseason. we got a long way to go. But to conclude shortstop today, we are going to be talking about six names that did not finish inside of the top 20, but I do think are still very fantasy relevant. Or they are just interesting names that have been relevant, and I think they need to be talked about. Uh, Either way, they are people we are going to discuss today. We're going to start with Matt McClain. Matt McClain came on the scene and was a league winner, I think is probably a fair way to, to phrase it. I know he didn't complete the season. Uh, he did end up missing some time, which was unfortunate. Um, but, you know, it's still a great season that we got for Matt McClain. 89 games, 16 homers, 14 steals, and a 290 batting average. It was kind of surprising to me that he came up and was the best Cincinnati prospect because we were thinking that was going to be Ellie Dela Cruz. Uh, we talked about Dela Cruz on the third base show. I know that he is more of a shortstop, but we've already talked about him at length, so we are not going to re-talk about him here. We're going to talk Matt McClain, and Matt McClain, I think, is somebody that has the potential to be a stud. Like I, I don't know that there is much of a limit that we can put on him at this point, considering how young he is, considering how good that ballpark is, and the team around him is incredible. The team around him is going to just keep getting better. And I know I've said that about a few teams, but it's really, I think, truest about Cincinnati of all teams. They have such young, such a great young core that I don't think it would surprise anybody if this team wins the Central next year just based on the talent alone. Uh, If they do go out and get another top-tier starting pitcher, there's nothing to stop this team. Matt McClain could end up being the best player on this team, especially fantasy-wise, if you look at what he did. Pro rating is kind of tricky, but he played just about half a season, 89 games. You want to roughly double it, you're looking at about 30 homers, 30 steals, and a close to 300 batting average. Now, the batting average, we'll start there. In the minors, it's always been very strong. He's always run high BABIPs, and you're looking at generally 
I mean, there's been times where he's been over 400, but you're also just kind of looking at generally about close to 300, right? If you average out what he's done across the minor leagues, he is pretty much a 300 hitter. He batted 340 in AAA before he was recalled. Double A, he was only batting 232, but if you look at what he's done since he's progressed up the levels, he's actually gotten better. So I don't want to look too much at that you know, sample size in double A of 232 because he got went up to a higher level and was substantially better, a year older and substantially better. The power seems to have grown. I know it was a smaller sample size in triple A as opposed to double A, but if you look at what he did in 2023 as a whole, you're looking at 130 games and you're looking at 28 homers, 24 steals. There's a lot to really like about Matt McClain. Now, the price is going to be expensive. He is going as the 67th player off the board between 61 and 79. That is where you are seeing the range for Matt McClain, and I think it's kind of hard to have a problem with him there. You're talking fifth round-ish for a guy that is going to be at the top of a lineup in a great ballpark, a great lineup in a great ballpark, and he's somebody that I think we don't even think, I don't even think we scratched the surface of how good Matt McClain can be. So he's definitely somebody that I'm going to be targeting. Uh, I think if you get a full season of Matt McClain, maybe we regress the batting average a touch, but not too much. Like, I think he's a 270, 280 hitter next year, probably. You're looking at 20-plus homers. You're looking at easily 20-plus steals. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like in Matt McClain, even though he did not finish inside the top 20. He was the 21st shortstop in only half a season, just to show you what the potential could be there uh, if he is able to properly break out and play in a full season. Uh, then we should be seeing close to top 50 fantasy results from him. He was the 241st ranked player, according to Yahoo. Doesn't sound terribly impressive, but for how much he played, it really is. Let's talk about Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena took a step back a little bit this year, and it was unfortunate to see. He went from 22 homers to 10. He went from well, 72 runs to 81. He went from 63 ribbies to 52. The batting average went up from 253 to 263, but overall I think this was kind of a disappointing year for Pena, specifically in the power department. Seeing him hit 22 homers as a rookie, he was a World Series MVP. Like We were thinking he was going to just progress, and this is an example of you know, progression is not always linear for players, and it wasn't necessarily for Pena, specifically in the power department. That's where he really took a step back. We saw him in 2021 in 30 AAA games, hit 10 homers, and then last year, 22 so this year only hit 10 in 150 games is troubling. Now, the fact that he is in a great lineup is going to provide a lot of protection for him. Jeremy Pena is locked in, obviously, as the everyday shortstop there. He does bounce around the order. Sometimes he's batting first or second. Sometimes he's six, seven, eight kind of range. But I don't think it really matters. You do have the security of him being in a great lineup. And even though it was kind of a down year, you still got 81 runs out of him. 52 ribbies is not great. But overall, I know it was generally disappointing. It still wasn't terrible. You were still... Able to start him, you were still a playable player. Um, you know, 10-team leagues, maybe not, but 12 and deeper, he was still somebody that you were probably rolling with. And I don't see that changing too much for Jeremy Pena. I still think he's somebody that we should be interested in, especially because the price now is not going to be terribly high. People saw this year, and they're not going to be that impressed, nor should they be. He did take a step back, but because of him being a young guy in a great lineup, there's definitely upside there. He's going as the 234th player off the board. That's not terribly expensive at all, especially if you're talking shallower formats. That's a very end stage of your draft. Go out and get yourself Jeremy Pena in the last two rounds or so if you want to wait on shortstop, and I think that you could be happily surprised. Not to say that he is a huge target of mine, but he's a definite bounce-back candidate for somebody who is going to be in arguably the best lineup in baseball. We call it the second, less behind, second best behind the Braves, but either way... 
you're going to get good production out of Jeremy Pena, I think, especially relative to the draft cost. He's not terribly expensive, and I would take a couple shares where he is currently going. Let's talk Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas, I like him, but I also don't really like him that much for fantasy purposes. I like him as a real-life baseball player. From a fantasy point of view, the batting average is really troubling. It really was awful this season at 217. He's a pretty good on-base guy. You know, he's getting on base 310 uh, this season because of the 11% walk rate. The walk rate has been pretty good for his career, 9.4%, so that does kind of boost you in OBP leagues. The power is pretty good, 24 homers this year, 31 last year. The speed is just okay. I think that Willie Adamas is just kind of a boring guy that is going to generally get the job done for you from a relatively cheap price as well. 170 is his ADP at this point. I like him as somebody that you don't have to reach for who you can kind of just slot in. Okay, I'm getting 25 homers. I'm getting probably 80 runs, 80 RBIs, a couple of steals. The batting average is the big question, and I don't think it'll be as bad again next season. This is the lowest BABIP we have seen from him at 259. Generally, he's been a guy over these last few seasons that's been 278, 330, 380, 320 for the BABIP, 310 BABIP for his career, and it has translated to a 247 batting average. Definitely, definitely fell off this year in terms of the batting average, but I don't expect that to carry over year over year. I would expect to see him as a 230 or 240 guy next season. And at that point, if you're getting these homers, you're getting the counting stats. Willie Adamas becomes a pretty solid play there, talking about round 12 or so in your 15-teamers. I think that there's a lot of value in a guy who is, you can pretty much write their numbers down in pen before the year. We've talked about this with higher-end guys like Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley, but you know, even if it's a lower-end kind of you-know-what-you're-going-to-get kind of player, 25, 80, 80, and even if it's 230, 240, there is some stability and some certainty you get in your brain there knowing the production that you are going to get out of certain players. And he is one of those guys, I think, where we've seen the sample size now over the last four seasons. We know who he is, and he is a relatively safe pick there going about pick 170 in your drafts. Let's talk Anthony Volpe. Anthony Volpe was a very polarizing player this season. Um, from a fantasy point of view, there were things that were obviously really liked. It was a rookie season, and he gave you 21 homers and 24 steals while playing in 159 games. There's value there. You also have to look at the fact that he only had 62 runs, only 60 RBI, and he batted 209. 84 WRC+. plus. He was 16% worse than the average offensive player this year. Now, he's somebody that I think you can genuinely look at and say he is going to get better and better the more he does adjust to major league pitching. The more that he sees major league pitching, he is just going to keep getting better. And I think that that applies from a variety of standpoints. The power, I think it'll continue to gradually go up. We saw him run incredibly high ISOs in the minor leagues, like above 300 sometimes, usually settling in above 200. But we only saw this season a 174 isolated power. He gets that above 200. He gets that slugging percentage up back over 400 where it should be. You're probably looking at a 25 homer bat. Now we've seen him throughout the minor league steal a ton of bases, 44 stolen bases in 2022 in AA. He was called up to AAA for 22 games and stole six more. Now I'm not going to be disappointed in 24 steals at the major league level as a rookie, but I do think that we are going to see probably 30 to 35 next year. He's somebody that you know I don't think a lot of players that we saw this year that just strictly benefited from the rule change are going to necessarily increase their steals by a ton. But I think Volpe is somebody that you can say, okay, he is actually faster than 24 steals. You are probably going to see 30 from him. The batting average at 209, 
I don't expect that to continue to the same extent. I would say that he's probably closer to a 240, 250 kind of hitter as things go on. And he has even the potential to be like a 260 hitter, I think, over the years. I think next year, probably looking 240 to 250. But if he was a 240 or 250 hitter this year, you're looking at somebody who has a lot more value. A 2020 bat, I mean, there, there is a, a lot of value in a 2020 bat. You start adding to it 21 and 24. You know, Volpe really honestly is a very polarizing player, and I think a lot of it is because of the batting average. But if he even gets that up a little bit, there's going to be a lot of value, I think, in taking him. I don't think the Yankees are going to be as bad next year either because the Yankees are one of those teams that just will not sit on their hands. They will try and do things. Even if it's not signing the massive free agent names, they're still going to do some things. They're still going to try and add pieces, and I think they will be better next year. Volpe, I pick 139 where he's currently going, and it's a big range between 112 and 201. I don't think you're going to get hurt too badly getting him at 140. Somebody that, you know, we set the floor here as a rookie, as a 2020 guy. Even if you're just getting 2020 with nothing else at pick 140, I think you're probably going to be pretty satisfied in that return there. So I have no problem at all taking Anthony Volpe where he's currently going. Let's talk Carlos Correa, though. Carlos Correa is not somebody that I think is going to be terribly fantasy relevant much going forward. Like at all. We've seen the drop off these last few years. We see the early price at 273, and it is kind of shocking to see him going that late, but it's understandable and it's justifiable. He's not a good fantasy baseball player. He hasn't been in a long time. And this is kind of a disconnect in the fantasy community because Carlos Correa has been a really good real life player. But from a fantasy point of view, he's not somebody who has ever had 100 RBI. He has had 100 runs one time. The home runs are kind of generally in that 18 to 20 kind of range, and he has not stolen a base since 2019. You add on top of that the fact that his safest category for his career, which has been batting average, is no longer terribly safe after having a 230 batting average this season. Now, the BABIP was a career low at 272. Is he going to have this bad of a year again next year? I think so, yeah. For a lot of players we've talked about across all these positions, I generally don't expect the guys who had terrible performances to repeat terrible performances. I generally think that there is a lot of bounce back that you see across pro sports, and you generally don't tend to see guys have down years in consecutive seasons unless there is an injury, unless they're just getting old. Correa, people kind of forget, I think, has just turned 29. He's actually not that old. He's just been around a long time. He's pretty young still, but the skills just aren't really there that much anymore. And from a fantasy point of view, they honestly haven't really ever been there. Outside of the first couple of seasons where he had 14 and 13 steals, you're looking at a high of three steals outside of those first two years. You're looking at a high of 26 homers. The fact that he's not in Houston anymore really takes away from those counting stats. We've seen it these last two years. We're going from a place where the counting stats were never that amazing to begin with. And now you're looking these last two years at 70 runs and 60 runs, 64 RBI and 65 RBI. Yeah, he's going shockingly late, but he should be going shockingly late. I am so far out on Carlos Correa. If you want to take him like past pick 300 or something, because the max pick is 327, I guess at that point you're not going to get hurt. But I don't think you're really going to get helped out that much either. He's going to be a pain in the ass because you're going to see the name. You're going to see the terrible production, and you're going to think, well, it's Carlos Correa. I can't really drop Carlos Correa. And that becomes a conundrum for you, somebody that should be dropped that you're not dropping because the name value is good. No. He's not somebody that I can take. I can't justify it. Really, I was inside the top 300. Uh, I don't think you can make much of a case for Carlos Correa at all. We're going to talk about one more shortstop here, and that's Javier Baez. Another guy that I don't think you can make a case for in really any format. It's shocking to look back at some Javier Baez seasons with the Cubs and just see how far he has fallen. 2018, he had 34 homers, 21 stolen bases, 
111 RBI, 101 runs, and he batted 290. For the first several years of his career in Chicago, you're looking at, outside of the rookie season, 289, 273, 273, 290, and 281. And then I don't even know what happened. I, I really don't know how to even describe this. But starting in 2020, we're looking at 203, 265, 238, and 222. The power is not there anymore. He had nine home runs in 136 games. He's not stealing, only 12 stolen bases. He does not get on base. He has a 267 on base percentage and a 61 WRC+. plus. He's essentially half a player out there. He is one of those guys that will probably still go higher than he should just because, oh, it's Javi Baez, and if he bounces back, well, I'll tell you, Javi Baez, he stinks. He absolutely stinks. There's no reason to draft him, I don't think, in any format. If you want to take him in those really deep formats, draft and holds or whatever, okay, maybe as like an injury fill-in. And where he's going, I guess it doesn't hurt, at 414. That's the ADP, 414. So maybe he's not being pushed up artificially anymore. But again, maybe he is, because if he's any other random schmuck putting up 61 WRC+, plus, no one, no one is going to care. But the fact that there have been great seasons in the past will probably lead some people to overvalue him again. The minimum pick of 335, I wouldn't want anything to do with him there. He's just a terrible player who plays for a terrible team who is probably going to be better. You know, they are, there are a lot of good pieces in Detroit that can make them better. You know, you're looking at Torkelson, you're looking at Green, Kerry Carpenter, you got some nice pitching prospects. You got, you know, Tariq Skubal looks like he could be an ace. But this team as a whole is not good. The ballpark is still not terribly hitter-friendly. It's hit, it's more friendly than it used to be, but it's not terribly friendly, and I don't think Baez will be terribly friendly to your fantasy teams either. So he is a strong avoid for me. He's not somebody that I want anything to do with. But that's shortstop. That wraps up shortstop. We've talked about 26 names over the last three days. Go back and listen if you guys have missed the first couple of shows. We talk about 2023. We also talk generally about what I view for them uh, in 2024 and their price. Now, tomorrow, we are going to talk a little bit about some of these early ADPs in general, not you know marketed in by position. We're going to talk about just some ones that stand out to me in general, for good or for bad. That will be tomorrow's show, so make sure you guys are checking it out. You can find me on socials at JoeOrico99, also at EthosFantasyBB, and, of course, always at SportsEthos.com as well. But that'll do it, guys. Until tomorrow, take care, have a great night, and cheers. Cheers.